thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, 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 that's all for today. Thank you, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Hello and welcome back to Thanks That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Season 2. And thanks again to my wonderful, wonderful guest, the very talented Jodie Still, for joining me last week. In this week's episode, I catch up with a friend of mine who I met whilst working on one of my favourite jobs last year. Not last year, two years ago. Nothing happened last year. <laughs> called Stardust the Musical. He's an Erdan grad, singer, actor, dancer, voiceover actor, vocal tutor, and has a great head of hair. Please welcome my next guest, Isaac Sidhu. Hello and welcome back to this next episode of Thanks That's All For Today with me, your host, Harriet Mullen. And today I'm staring at my screen and looking at a very handsome man. He's probably got the best haircut out of everyone in the UK, seeing as the hairdressers are closed. Your hair looks very, very nice, Mr. Isaac. The lovely Isaac Sidhu is here with us today. He has spent three years at Erdang Academy training in musical theatre. I have to say he's a very, very successful auditioner. I, I swear you're always in finals for everything. So he is somebody that I think would be fantastic at this podcast because he's got so much experience. He has performed in a variety of different shows, including playing Seth in Bollywood musical Stardust. He's also worked for a little company called Disney. Don't know if anyone's heard of Disney for their cruise line productions such as Beauty and the Beast. Who were you in Beauty and the Beast? Oh God, um, I was the, oh God, I had so many roles. Uh, <laughs> I was beauty, I was the beast. I was beauty, I was beast. And I was the, yeah. I was the Amber, I was the Amber as well. I always um, used to say that Isaac and I have got a very professional relationship. We we rarely laugh. So this podcast is going to be very serious. Very Abs- serious, yeah. Yeah, absolutely no laughing at all. Because when we work together, we never laugh, do we, Isaac? Uh, no, I don't think we've ever no had a single in joke not one (laughs) never we've never been in a dance rehearsal together and cried and laughed at the same time either never I was more crying than laughing (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that later he's also dabbled in uh, voiceover acting and also hit Isaac up if you'd like some singing lessons because he's a brilliant vocal tutor he knows his stuff he knows his stuff so if you're looking for a singing teacher even though I am, I probably should be up and sighting other people. But yeah, come to me first and then Isaac. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Isaac is there for all your vocal needs. Now, Mr. Isaac, I was looking at your CV, your curriculum vitae, and you have performed at the Leicester Square Theatre. Yeah, that was quite a that was quite a short little show. Actually, you know what's hilarious about that show? I was on stage for a grand total of about five minutes take that credit and run <laughs> I did the second I got it I, it was on my CV it was on my appearing now currently in it was in it was everywhere oh. it was on my Facebook it was on my Twitter previously my Harry Challoner in this was a man hey are you impressed that I know that I that's how I know you that was how you got famous wasn't it 
Yeah, I think so. I think I remember you at stage door. Claim to fame, the Leicester Square Theatre. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you, you've got a very varied career. You don't just sort of stay in one genre. I feel like you could, like I said earlier, turn your hand to many things. So we're going to obviously talk a little bit later about your career. We're going to now talk about me, which I like to do in this podcast. You know, um, invite guests on and talk about myself. But uh, let's talk about how we met. So I I don't know if I've mentioned this podcast before, but I was in a show called Stardust. And it is a original Bollywood musical. We were the original cast and absolutely loved working with Isaac. We spent the first sort of week, as I've previously mentioned in the podcast, working on our characters and researching characters and also offering advice to other people on how we thought their characters might evolve. And we did some rewriting and things like that. And I could literally... Not, not unsolicited. It was solicited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was. You know, this was a collaborative effort. It was. It Um, wasn't just. It wasn't just me and Isaac giving out advice to everyone, and Isaac telling me how I should play a diva because I obviously needed a lot of work on that character. But um, (laughs) Isaac, I could listen to Isaac speak all day. He's just fantastic to learn from and very knowledgeable. And so we're going to do a general knowledge quiz now. No, um, (laughs) but um, I actually had to be so mean to you in the show, though. Yeah, but a, a lot of people did. I got I got beaten up. Oh yeah, I didn't beat you up. No, I didn't. you didn't beat me up. So you're ahead, you're ahead of the curve. And I think one of the biggest takeaways I had from working with you was how much we sort of swapped notes and spoke about auditions, and the process of auditions, which. I love to talk about auditions and experiences and things. Obviously, that's why I've got the podcast. But with you, I found that we had a lot of shared experiences or just similar kind of stories. So it was really nice to have those moments, even after the show, where you and I would be going up for things or we'd have those shows. You know, we've got that show each, not the same show. Um, <laughs> we both we both want to be the masking phantom of the opera. Um <laughs> But um, to be honest, after hearing you playing Antha in Beauty and the Beast, I'd quite like to know what that role entails. But we both have oh, those yeah. shows. We both have those shows that we really wanted or really want and get further and further with it every time. And then it's a no. So I think that was really, really bonding for us. So obviously we've shared a lot of stories about auditions. Since you've graduated, we'll we'll talk about drama school auditions a little bit later, but since you've graduated, have you been steadily busy with auditions or have they sort of come along like buses and you've had none for a while and then loads at once? Like, What's your audition experience been like since you graduated? Uh, It's been pretty steady, I think. Um, It obviously depends on the time. There's certain times of year where there are more auditions than others. and I think you kind of just learn to kind of ebb and flow with that. But then, uh, you know, even on the quiet periods of time in the year, when you get an audition then, it's like, oh, wow, there's an audition suddenly. Mm. And um, yeah, and then you kind of just kind of get, I guess you get used to the rhythm of the auditions and mm-hmm. like the amount of time waiting. Obviously the last year has been a bit of a strange one in terms of auditions. Yeah. And even when you get an audition, usually they're tapes at the moment, but it's, it, yeah, I'd say it's been pretty steady. I, d- I don't think I really had like a, no, actually I did, I do remember I had one year where I just couldn't seem to really get seen for anything. And I don't think that was anyone's fault. So I don't think that was, I don't think anyone was doing anything differently. 
So there was a year where it was a bit quieter, I'd say, than any other year. Mm. I was still being put up just as much, going out to auditions just as... So it just it just happened to be a quieter year. Especially when it comes to the world of musical theatre. Year by year, it can just change in yeah. regards to how many people are in a show, how many people are leaving a show. You just don't really know. So I think it's it depends on the year. The more diverse of things that you put yourself up for and the more diverse things that you kind of are able to do that obviously also increases the amount of auditions you get mm. as well because you're then for being sure. put up for different projects mm. more frequently because for you I mean I've obviously seen you perform in a pop capacity and and perform as Seth who has got to sing this huge pop track but obviously knowing the sort of shows that you have been called in for and and work you have done where would you say you lie between the legit musical theatre and pop? Because I could see you in either, but do you find that you gravitate towards one or do you think that you've had a steady flow of auditions? Can you say steady flow? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah why yeah. not? <laughs> okay. um, or do you think that you've been as busy as you've been and you know frequently called in because you can go for the legit musicals? and the pop it's a funny thing actually because to me music is music so uh, genres obviously are important mm -hmm. but um i don't necessarily hugely change the way i sing from one audition to the other one genre to the other because you know my voice kind of just sits in a i guess a bit of a strange place in that it's legit but it's also kind of pop and it's kind of like half and half yeah you I'm, don't have not... two voices no not at all such, not no. at all so yeah so it's basically like a um like I'll be in for one musical and I'll maybe just like bring out more of a popish tone, I guess. Uh, and in one, I'll bring out more of a legit tone, I guess. But mm -hmm. generally speaking, I kind of just go into each audition kind of singing the way I sing and 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 hoping, I guess, that that's good enough. Um, you know, certain shows require different vocal tasks. There are certain shows that may not want any, I guess, vibrato in their voice. Mm -hmm when they're casting a character because they want it to be very raw and you know you've got to learn how to take those things in and out you've got to learn how to kind of manipulate your voice here and there but I think in general I kind of a middle of the road because I remember at drama school I always used to kind of get <laughs> I used to get called like um as if like Jean Valjean does pop <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I was wow. never able to be like, because there were some people in my in my class, especially who are just phenomenal pop and rock singers. Mm. And I had so much envy for them. And, and there was um, some boys in my class who were just beautiful, beautiful, legit voices. And I had so much envy for them. And I always used to kind of think like, oh, I don't really fit here. I don't really fit there. But then I kind of was like, you know, if you don't have a niche, kind of make yourself your niche regardless. And yeah, and so it also makes the process of auditioning more comfortable for me mm -hmm. to not have to try and manipulate the way I approach things, at least vocally, yeah. so much. Do you know what I mean? Because I could easily say to myself, like, oh, well, they're looking for someone who is a pop and rock singer. I'm not right for this. But that's not my call to make. That yeah. I'm there to do what I do. And it's the casting team who know the piece and know what they're looking for, know the sounds they're looking for. It's up, for, up to them to say, um, is he right or is he not? Mm. But for me, it's not really my place to say that. So I just kind of go in and do what I do. And if I'm right for them, that's great. And if I'm not, then that's fine. You know, 
that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. I think that's great, though, that you've got that understanding. And and when you go for auditions now, how have you changed from being a graduate? Would you still now go for a variety of things or are you more niche nowadays? Oh, um, good question. <laughs> My process of auditioning has changed humongously since graduation. But I would say generally it's changed in some ways, but it's kind of stayed the same in other ways because I am the same person Mm. but then again I'm not like I've changed as a person so much since graduation you know I've grown up a lot so yeah I think there is no right or wrong way whatever works for each person works for them and in terms of you know what I've been seen for Mm. that also kind of ebbs and flows at periods of time where I've been seen for loads of very poppy rocky musicals and very and then periods of time where I've been in for very very legit musicals Mm. I think just kind of finding myself finding what I do and kind of just trying to just trying to find the similarity between who I am Mm. and what the what the piece is maybe asking for and bringing my similarities forwards as opposed to trying to diminish my differences because you also need those differences you don't want to be cookie cutter as soon as you walk into the audition Mm. so bringing forth your similarities to the piece to the character to the role and also celebrating your differences and bringing those to the party as well, but kind of really, I guess, finding and identifying what your similarities are is the first kind of big step. Definitely. And with auditions now, obviously we haven't been in the room. I haven't been in the room for for ages and everything now seems to be uh, self-tape or Zoom. And I wonder how long that will continue. I don't feel as nervous when obviously it's self-taped or on Zoom. I feel far more comfortable, but you can't beat being in that live atmosphere. There is such a difference. Do you find all the auditions as nerve wracking or are you like in the room is scary, self-tape I'm more chilled about? Because I saw your post this morning about your self-tapes and you're like, I've done (laughs) like a hundred I've done like a hundred tapes today no that's a good question um it's a it's again I think it just depends on the audition I think there's something kind of nice about going to an audition in person you have a you have like a pseudo audience in a mm. way and you can kind of go there spend 20 minutes of your day doing the audition uh doing the material getting notes doing feedback all of that good stuff and then you up sticks and you're out and then you can kind of release it a little bit more I mm-hmm. think but I would also say that there's a, there's an advantage to self-tape because like, like I said, you can do so many takes and you can really kind of explore different versions of it. And you as an audience member watching the tape back mm. can kind of say, oh, okay, I liked that. I want to bring more of that. Or, oh, that doesn't read so well. But then it, there's also the other, the, the other thing is like, something that would read maybe in the room quite well may mm. not read on camera or vice versa. So, you know, there's, there's so many layers to this, but yeah. I had one audition actually last year, which was like a big kind of learning moment for me where it was for, an, it was for a commercial and for a lot of commercial auditions, sometimes as even when you get them in person, they'll just say, Oh yeah, we just want you to do what the storyboard is of the commercial. We want you to bring that forward mm. for the tape or for the audition. And this particular commercial storyboard was something that I could never be able to recreate in my room in a self-tape basis. It was so action-based. So uh, I chatted to a friend about it and we were just we were just discussing, you know, what can I do? Should I just kind of 
act out the storyboard which would be like five seconds of tape really but mm. also kind of impossible for me to uh to really convey in the confines of my bedroom in London so I was like what do I do what do I do what do I do and what we came up with was more of a a feel of what the piece is and convey that so I was kind of dancing around doing things that I was not really expected to do on camera mm. but kind of was the essence of the character. I have um, this big stuffed shark in my bedroom. It's my partner's. And um, I was dancing around with that, singing summer hits, um, oh. like kind of lip syncing to all these like things, kind of pseudo diving off the side of my screen, like singing into the shark, playing around, having all this fun on camera, none of which was in the actual audition, but all of which kind of, I guess, contributed to the feel of what they were trying to create and I think for that particular audition taping was a lot more I guess advantageous um, Mm. because I had the ability to go like what is this piece about what do I want to show and from there I was able to I guess really bring that forward in a way so it's it's different for each person I'm not someone who necessarily gets nervous per se nerves when it comes to an audition doesn't isn't does doesn't differ from one to the other because I'm not someone who generally feels nervous unless well not really ever I think I don't know why you're very very calming force I remember you saying force presence (laughs) you're very calming presence (laughs) force (laughs) so I can imagine before an audition actually could you just follow me when I go to an audition you'd be great just calm me down but your advice has always been like don't let other people make you feel like that like all you're doing is going into a room singing and performing to other humans it's not that deep and you you've got a really good way of thinking about auditions yeah because I remember there was a big turning point actually when I started thinking that way and it was just as I was um I think it was at the beginning of third year actually and I was in for a big musical so I just started third year and I was in for this big musical and I was about to do my first round and I was outside the door about to go in. And this is a musical. This is one of the musicals that really did change my life, really put me on the path towards doing this as a career. So, you know, it was a big, big kind of life moment for me. And I I was outside the room and I was nerve wracked in mm. every sense of the world. I was so nervous. My knees were shaking. My breath was short. I was sweating. I just felt so, I felt like when you don't feel like you're in your body at all, Mm. that was the sensation I had. And I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, no, no, this is a big opportunity, first of all. So get yourself together. (laughs) And, um, And I remember thinking, I have gone through the ringer getting to this point in my life. It's not been an easy journey. So I've gone through the ringer and I'm not about to let some nerves interject my my chance here to really make a good impression and so I kind of thought get yourself together you've earned your spot here today you've earned your right to go in there and do your work and 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 the casting team know that you know the casting team bring you in because they believe in you and so I just kind of thought to myself I need to believe in myself and it was like a switch had just been switched in my brain I suddenly was not nervous anymore. And a few weeks later, actually, we had our auditions for our third year pieces, our graduate pieces. And for those, I literally was sitting in the waiting room and I didn't feel a lick of nerves because 
I had told myself, you deserve this and you have earned the right. Not that I deserve the part, not that I deserve to be in the show, not that I deserve any of that, because those things are not in my control. They're not for me to make that judgment about. But I deserve the right to stand in that room and deliver my performance. And that's all I'm doing at this point. So, you know, I remember actually one of my classmates was like, I wasn't nervous, but Isaac is like not nervous at all. And that's making me a little bit nervous. (laughs) And I was like, I think I've just, I just kind of put the reins on my nerves a little bit. It's not like I wasn't excited. I was excited to do what I do, but the negativity of that had been stripped away because, you know, someone told me the symptoms of nerves, the shortness of breath, the not being in your body, the, the butterflies in the stomach, all the same symptoms of excitement. So nerves are just excitement with, with a negative kind of connotation placed upon them. I was excited, but I wasn't nervous. And there is a very slight difference, mm. but it is worlds apart from each other psychologically. So I'm going to play a game with you now. I'd like to ask you, first of all, uh, what's your favourite type of audition in general, in terms of if I was to do a show called Isaac the Musical and I was a casting director, what either format of audition would you really like or what you wouldn't like? Well, I'd say my name is in the title, so do I need to audition for this? I know, that'd be a bit rude of me, wouldn't it? I'm going to do Isaac City, the musical, but Isaac, you're going to have to audition. Story of your life, but can you do 10 <laughs> rounds, please? Yeah, um, what would what would be your ideal? Because for me, I would love uh, one-to-one auditions, three or four, yeah. that would be my favourite. So audition, so yeah, I would say one-to-one auditions, definitely. Um, and I would say <laughs> the less rounds, the better. <laughs> Give it to me after one. Give it to me after one, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Imagine walking into a first round and going, by the way, I'm only doing one round. So if you like me, please <laughs> let me know. <laughs> All right, let's say two rounds then. I don't want to sound <laughs> cocky or anything. <laughs> oh, this would be really diplomatic. And I can do 10 rounds. Yeah, no, I love yeah. that. Yeah, oh, I love, I love that. I love, I love the journey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the journey to and from the, the casting office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a musical in itself. Okay, so our game today is called, as it always is, Audition Types. Okay, so I'm trying to be really cool there. Really failed miserably. Uh, Let's come up with a You are very cool. Do you know what? Many people tell me that. I think Harriet means I'm laughing, but I'm not joking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think I I've never have... been called. I don't think I've ever been called cool. I think there's many things I am, but cool is not one of them. If you're cool-headed, are... but I'm not actually... cool. Yeah, you are cool-headed. I'm not that either. I have actually been told to dress cool for auditions, which definitely oh, wow. tells me that I am not cool. <laughs> Could you try and be cool tomorrow? Yes, I will. So oh, uh... audition audition outfits is a whole other journey. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other episode. Uh, yeah. No, we will come on to that actually a little bit later. I'm going to ask you what you'd wear to play me in my life story musical later on. Glitter. Okay. <laughs> Glitter. <laughs> and pink. So Glitter. audition types, musical theatre versus play. Oh, um, I would say, oh, I love them both. Um, I would say maybe musical theatre. Yeah. You don't sound that sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because they're, they're just... It's kind of like, oh, do you like apples or oranges? Um, 
I'm allergic to apples, so, so I'd have to say oranges. You'd have to say oranges. You'd yeah. have to say orange theatre. <laughs> okay. No, um, I don't want to bully you into coming up with an answer. If you want to say both, that's absolutely fine. You, you're very diplomatic. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I love. I do love them both for different reasons. Uh, musical theatre, I would say, it's kind of my preferred because I think with um, play auditions, I I sometimes can psych myself out because when it comes to acting solely, I'm quite comfortable with camera auditions. Interesting. And, I'm, and when it comes to stage, I'm very comfortable with musical auditions, but the kind of the blend of the two is is still a, is still something that I'm trying to learn to kind of strike the right blend. And also with plays, that blend can vary so dramatically. You know, some plays need a very heightened kind of blend and some mm-hmm. plays need a very muted blend. So plays are very complex auditions. Kudos to everyone who can do a very good play audition. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> apples. <laughs> oh, apples. Right. So we're going for MT. Okay, right, yeah. so that means you can never audition now for a play ever again. You, you put it in writing. It's It's been chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's on my spotlight now, actually. <laughs> I'm going to quote you. Dance versus singing round. Singing, please. Why are you laughing? I think you're a great dancer. I'm looking for someone who can dance and rock me, baby. Come on. Okay, five, six, seven, eight. I actually remember. <laughs> I can actually remember little bits of it. Um, I would say singing rounds, definitely. Dance rounds, I said I don't get nervous. Dance rounds are the exception. Dancing yeah. on stage is fine. Dancing in an audition is not. Um, well, I mean, it's fine, but I find it very nerve-wracking. I think it's because I'm fine with choreography if I've had some time with it, mm. but to learn it, and you know the caliber of caliber of the dancers you're next to is always like sky yeah, high. They're amazing. Um, even in Stardust, we were next to Marcus, Josh, Tiana. So you know, me. Sorry, sky you, were ne- high. you were next to me. What do you mean? And you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Isaac. Oh my God, sorry. Oh, I've actually got. I'm getting really hot because I can't stop laughing. <clears throat> 16 bars versus full song. Um, I'll say full song, but only because I cut my audition songs quite Uh-oh. extremely. So I know it's really cheeky, but there's been several 16 bar auditions I've gone to where I just take my kind of full song as it is because it's not 16 bars, nowhere near, but it is a very short, very brief, less than a minute song. And um, it has like a first verse chorus finish. Um, and the finish is basically like, one like little system so I kind of say full song but Mm -hmm. I sing very I think my idea of like my idea of fresh hell is me going into an audition being like I've brought this song today like material's different material can be very long and that's fine but I, I wouldn't ever I wouldn't ever go into an audition bringing my own song and it being like 30 pages long Yes, yeah, definitely. I've learned that an audition cut is crucial, except be careful where you cut it because you don't want to be like, on my butt, the tigers come at night. You don't want to do yeah. that obvious cut. Which, is, which I did for like two years of my career, that very song. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, established musical. I don't remember writing this question, by the way, so let's see where this goes. Established right. musical versus new writing all these questions are so hard <laughs> i'm sorry i'll ask you and i'll ask you a really easy one next um i would say 
oh, it's so difficult because with new musicals, you get new stuff. You can put your stamp on it. With Stardust as well, you get to put your stamp on a piece and, you know, go in and maybe show them something that they weren't expecting and, you know, bring that to it. But then established musicals as well, you know, they, a lot of the time, they're musicals that you grew up with. They have a lot of sentimental value to them. Oh, gosh, I would say, I'd say established musicals. Yeah. But you'd still go for new writing. Basically, any audition, I want to be there. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you need a baby for that pampers ad? Because I'll do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Do you dress up or do you go casual for an audition? I have the same outfit I wear for every audition. That's a huge confession. People have clocked it as well. People are always like, um, you always wear the same outfit. And I do. Can it I guess correct. it? Can I guess it? Are you gonna I think you're gonna guess it right? <laughs> you're gonna guess it right. <laughs> Is it a white t-shirt with like yes, a indeed. Gr- with like a greeny kind of overshirt? Yeah, all the time. You know what's so funny is that when I was in third year at college, uh, we had like some mock auditions and they would kind of give us some feedback on like mm. song choice and all of that. And one of the things they give us feedback on is a presentation, presentation of your rep, presentation of yourself, you what you're wearing and all that stuff. So um the teacher at that point I would wear I did I was not good at dressing myself so um, I would wear ill-fitting shirts and you know chinos that I thought were like so nice and they were terrible and the teacher one of my teachers would say and uh, she doesn't work there anymore but she was she taught me since foundation year up until Mm -hmm. third year and she would say oh yeah like I think a nice olive green would be a really nice color for you and at the time I just kind of was like olive green I don't think so but you know now we wear it looks yeah but it looks so good with your complexion like it's really striking and I think it could go for legit and it could go for pop as well it's not like oh you look really street there or you look really Mm. like you're going to a classical recital it works for so I like to keep I like to keep as neutral as I can without going like in full college black like yeah yeah it's do you know what I mean like Mm. full like black joggers black t-shirt I don't want to do that but I want to go as I'm wearing I'm in my blacks today. <laughs> black t-shirt and black. You're going to a contemporary class after this. <laughs> I'm going to take my winged eyeliner yeah. off though. I just like to be as neutral as possible. I like to make sure that, unless it's something that's very like, very elevated, like certain musicals, um, I, like one, a certain musical I was taping for actually not that, not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was like in a shirt, like a button up shirt dressed mm. with like, fancy trousers of self tape you can't see below like my chest but I was in fancy trousers just to kind of get the feel of the character as well Definitely. so yeah but I try and I try and my best to um be as neutral as possible mm-hmm. and also if I'm being recalled for a certain role I wear the same thing I've been wearing in previous auditions through the recall process for oh, better or for worse. that's really good advice because I think you're one of the only people who has said that they keep neutral for an audition not going to be taking your Technicolor dream coat are you to the Joseph audition that's a bit I much. mean <laughs> I would but it's on loan <laughs> <laughs> love that okay we talked actually a little bit about this earlier about your favorite type of audition but in terms yeah. of um the format do you prefer a group audition or a solo solo Every time, every time. You've been too Um, diplomatic if you say group. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love group auditions. Yeah. No, (laughs) absolutely not. I mean, I understand why group auditions are there, but 
I, for, for myself, feel the most comfortable in a solo audition. Mm-hmm. I also feel like I get to know the casting team and the creative team better that way and have a bit more of a rapport with them, get to know them as people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really important as well. So, yeah, I would say definitely for me, solo audition, 100%. Fabulous. You've passed. Let's move that's on. The quick, that's the quickest answer I've given so far. <laughs> I'm a rambler. You've got a lot of cutting to do. First of all, I was supposed to ask you how you are, but I kind of did that privately because, you know, we don't need to air our dirty laundry. Um, not that you're, <laughs> you've got anything sordid to tell me. So sordid. <laughs> so shady. You're appearing in court next week. Yeah. So shady. So sordid. So shady. It's just messy. It's just we can't release any information either about what you've got coming up. You know, yeah, we've got NDAs. Yeah. yeah. Um. Absolutely. So, uh, what got you? into performing what was it was it something you always wanted to do when you were younger or did you just wake up one morning and go actor that is the job for me um you know I was thinking about this the other day and I was like I don't think there's a really a clear starting point for me it just kind of like naturally progressed in that direction um I remember when I was a kid I was doing a school show it was just it wasn't anything in particular I think it was just a school show and my mum was there watching me. And there was actually, I remember, I, th- I think it must have been in like maybe year two or three, like very young. Oh. And there was a tiny like fashion show, like section of it. I don't know why we were doing this school <laughs> show, but we were. And it was in the middle of the day. It was fashion it was is very day. important in year two, clearly. It is, you know. Yeah, it was, it was a show and my mum came to see it. I remember in the ride home, like the, the car ride home, she said to me, she was like, why didn't you ever tell me that you really like being on stage? And I just kind of remember thinking, well, I've never been on stage before. I was like, did I really like it? And I kind of thought about yeah. it. And I was like, you know, I did really like it. Not for anything other than the fact that I just liked it. I couldn't mm. really put a finger on it at that point. So there was never really a clear starting point. And then my mom, because I was also a very, very, very shy child, very, very shy. And we moved around a lot when I was a kid. So mm. I never really had like a solid circle of friends in my younger years. So I think to combat that and the fact that my mom saw that I loved being on stage and also knew that I was quite shy, she started taking me to acting lessons, some really good acting lessons actually when, when we moved down south to Windsor. There were these lessons in London and it was a really good school and uh, I learned a lot, gained mm. a lot of confidence, got a lot of self-assurance and also started my hand in auditioning for casting directors the likes of like Disney the Disney Channel all of those kind of big oh wow from what age oh gosh I must have been at this point like maybe 10 or 11 or something like that oh wow I never knew that I was quite young maybe well actually maybe older maybe about 13 odd but yeah there was I mean there was a big period of time where all I did was like sit in my room play video games that is still me now in lockdown pretty much but it was it was always something in the back of my head and mm. I would do shows, school shows and stuff like that. And people would say, oh, you're good at this. You know, you're really good at this. And wow. I would just kind of, I would get, I don't know, it just it kind of progressed to that point. And then my sister at one point, when I was thinking about universities, not having any clue what I was going to do, my mm. sister kind of was like, why don't you look at um, drama schools? I think she said a particular drama school, in particular maybe Lambda or Rada. Mm. And she was like, why don't you look at drama schools? And I think that's when it really started to like, 
kick off. Do you know what I mean? That's so nice that it kind of organically grew throughout you growing up. And it's like sort of what you've grown up doing. You know, it's also funny because I remember before I even really kind of clocked that I wanted to be an actor, I (laughs) one of my favourite TV shows growing up was Charmed. And there was always like someone gets hit by this like fireball and they go flying across the room and they Mm. hit the wall. It's all dramatic. And I used to pretend that I was in Charmed all the time. Oh my God, I love that. I used to kind of, I used to kind of pretend, oh, I've been hit by a fireball and I would like fling myself onto the couch and be like, oh, I've been hit and (laughs) all of that. So I would, I would place myself in TV shows, I would place myself mm. in the likes of shows like Charmed and Friends and Frasier. You know, I was a kid who watched Frasier. I, think. I loved like, Frasier. I used to watch it when I was getting ready for school. Yeah. And I used to put myself in those shows in my mind, just as mm. like a, just as imagination. And oh, you know what? I, I only just realised this now. Slightly sad, sorry, I guess. But um, when I was a kid, because we used to move around so much, I didn't really have a lot of friends when I was quite young. So break times, I always used to kind of walk around the playground, imagining myself as like a pop star. I would just kind of, I would just kind of sit there and imagine that I was doing like this big concert for the whole playground and like everyone was like cheering and screaming and yaying and all of that stuff. And so, you know, it was an odd thing because music was a huge influence to me as a mm. kid, as well as TV. Theatre kind of came in later in like yeah. my teen years, theatre kind of became a big influence. But TV and music were a big influence. I used to I used to binge listen to the Spice Girls. I used to binge listen to Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Oh, Madonna. Amazing. When I when I speak about my childhood. Mm the sound of Madonna comes through so heavily. And even now I I can go to work and blast Madonna from the point I leave the front door to the point I get to work. Yeah. You know, so, you know, all of these things, you know, they were they were emblems for me of confidence, of, of something beyond what I was going through at the time. Yeah. And also a big form of escapism when life wasn't going so well um you know there was a period in my teens when I was going through something very very difficult in my personal life and I would be on the road for two or three hours every weekend to and from a certain location and I would blast musical theatre in my ears and just imagine that I was there and not there do you know what I mean it was a big form of escapism it's it's also it's been a huge healing tool for me as a human being so oh that's the, that's the answer to your question. <laughs> well, I just want to give little you a massive hug walking around the playground on your own. If I was at school with you, you would have been in one of my shows and then you probably would have been put off theatre for life. That's amazing that you've seen theatre and art, or many, many different art forms like music and television and comedy as an escapism. So s- subconsciously, it's always been with you as a positive kind of aspect of your life which yeah. I think is, so a, doing it is as amazing. A career, yeah. Doing it as a career wasn't necessarily a must have this no. in my life all the time, but it was always like just a little bit of magic that I had like in my, in my life. Do you know what I mean? It was always there. It's always been present. That's amazing. And do you still see it as a little form of escapism now? Or do you like that it's part of your reality now, the arts and, and it being your job? Yeah, it's odd because especially in some shows... There was there there were shows, especially like Beauty and the Beast. You know, you're playing to a house of like thirteen hundred people every night, and so it was it was my job. But also every single night at that curtain call, I would pinch myself and I'd be like, "Yeah, 
little little me made it to here do you know what i mean little mm-hmm. me made this happen. and so you know it's you know it's it's 50 50 i still have the magic but it's my career and i think that's why i love it so much amazing you think you know someone and then you hear about their past and things like that and oh it's so illuminating isn't it yeah it really is it's you really get to know somebody on a on a deeper level Let's do another game. Let's do oh, another yeah. game. Right. <laughs> There's like I'm turning cool all your games again. so deep. You're like rock, paper, scissors. And I'm like, oh yeah, sad childhood. <laughs> love and light, love and light, you tell me. Love and light. Okay, so we're going to play a game now called Rituals. Dun, 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 dun. I, I could do with the millionaire music there. Who wants to be a millionaire? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that has been an age since I've seen that show. Do you know, I always want to say bank after anybody that says like a sum of money because I think of The Weakest Link. <laughs> so if anyone says around love... me like 200 pounds, I go bank in my head. Oh my God, little little kid me going home. I used to watch The Weakest Link every <gasps> single day after school. Brilliant. And Deal or No Deal. I used to love that when that came about. Oh yeah, me oh, Excellent. I really... Emotional roller coaster oh. that is. <laughs> I used to be so invested. And then when the when the bank manager, the bank manager, the banker would call and he'd be like 16 grand, I'd be like, what would I do? Would I would I hold out for 250,000 or would I take this? That's a year of drama school, that is. <laughs> I could do with that money. Okay, so uh, let's talk about rituals. Who do you tell before or after an audition, if anyone? Um, I kind of... I prefer just the people who maybe out of necessity kind of need to know. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If it's a if it's a self tape, um, then whoever's my reader, I'll, I'll obviously discuss it with them. Um, whoever I'm hoping to be my reader, and yeah, I I tend not to tell people just because I'm very much like a do the audition, leave done, dusted onto the next. Do you know what I mean? And so you know, if two months down the line, fifty people know, and someone's like oh, did you book that job? I'm like, you have me on social media. You'd know if I booked that job. Yeah, So yeah. it's kind of like, I don't want to be reminded of things. So I tend to, not secretive in a way, but I do tend to prefer keeping those things to myself. Excellent. What about before and after an audition? Do you have any set rituals to do? Is there anything you have to do before or after, superstition-wise? Uh, um, after, I guess that can vary from audition to audition. But before, actually, I do have a ritual. I, I actually, I don't think I've ever really addressed this as maybe a ritual that I have. But um, I like to get to auditions quite early. Now, obviously, with coronavirus and, and everything that's going on, this is less of a likely thing that I can mm. do. But pre-COVID, I guess, I would get to auditions very early because I just don't like to be How late. early is very I don't early? Like. So this is the thing. I would sometimes get to auditions an hour plus early. So I could Brilliant. go sit myself down in like a coffee shop, a Starbucks, mm-hmm. a Costa or whatever. And I go there, I sit, I listen to calming music and I just zen myself and focus myself in. That's a really, really good piece of advice. What about, yeah. oh, this is a good one. Have you got okay. any tricks? <laughs> Have you got any tricks? Tricks? You mean like, <laughs> you mean like backflips or something? <laughs> I'm just interested in I barely walk in time to the music. But, um... Vocal as well. Any sort of tricks up your sleeve? 
Um, I like to whack out of the odd high note, I guess. Um, no, I think this isn't a trick, but I guess like one thing that I make sure to bring to every single audition is being prepared to the point where it may border on like pedanticism, but I don't even know if that's a word, but it might, it might be when I'm going to use it. So yeah, I like to be prepared. That's kind of, it's not a trick, but uh, I mean, it's just what, kind of what I like to do. I don't get nervous if I know what I'm doing. If I know what I'm doing, if I can stand true on what I'm doing, then I don't get nervous. And so I think that's kind of, I guess, a trick that I have. Um, do you watch the show slash do your research before you go in? Um, oh, with research, I try and research the songs, the scenes, the character, the everything as much as I possibly can. If I research the show, do I watch the show? Yeah, if possible. Um, if it, yeah, if it's new, then obviously you can't. But if if I can mm. watch the show, I'll try to. But also, I try not to judge myself against what I'm watching because each new cast, each new cast, like renewal, each new, you know, new people they bring to the cast, you know, they may want to go with something the same that they've been doing before. They may want something different. Each new might be a new kind of variation of the show they're trying to try out. So I try not to judge myself against what I'm seeing. But I, yeah, if I can watch the show, I always will because it's also it's a nice night out. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, what about feedback? Do you have to have feedback for every audition or most auditions or none? Um, I'm a big fan of getting feedback. I, I think getting feedback is a really important thing. So, solely as well, because I try and view every, every, every experience, good, bad, failure or success, you need to use as like a learning experience. And that's so much easier if you've got feedback to go along with it. Mm. So I could say, you know, like, oh, I did this audition and maybe the reason I didn't get recalled was because of this. But that may not be correct. So, you know, getting feedback is always a lovely thing to have and to and to kind of reflect on constructive feedback. You mm -hmm. know, if oh, please work on this. Please work on that. This could maybe use a bit more work. That, love it. Love constructive feedback. Fabulous. That is the end of the game. Great. Don't worry. You what won. I win? You can be... I won a year at drama school. <laughs> <laughs> a year at Harriet Mullins Drama School where you learn to be... Me? Yeah. <laughs> Don't look too excited. <laughs> a masterclass. It's a masterclass. Yeah. Oh, yes. Insert music here. Okay, so I now want to talk about audition story times. So I just wanted to right. ask you, have you got any good, bad, hilarious, etc. audition stories that you wouldn't mind sharing with us today, whether from drama school or from your career so far? So um, professionally, I think all my auditions have been like pretty, I guess I want to say standard in a way, but auditioning for drama school, I think that's, there's one particular story actually that, that sticks in my mind. So when I first, when I did my first year of auditioning for drama school, I auditioned for drama school one year and got into foundation and then auditioned during my foundation year and then got into three years. So when I was auditioning for my first year, which I was auditioning for foundation courses and I was also auditioning for three-year courses, the information that was available to me about drama schools from my actual, from my academic school mm. was very limited. So I didn't audition, I didn't know much about drama schools at that point at all. And so I kind of was auditioning for anything and everything that I found via Google. 
And so it was a bit of a plethora of different schools that I was ending up auditioning for. So yeah, previous auditions that I had done was for things like Central, Mm -hmm. uh, LSMT, um, these great schools um, that I just wasn't quite ready to go to. Do you know what I mean? My level was not quite the standard where if I went there and did the training there, they, that, you know, I, I would kind of be ready for that. So, you know, I'd not gone into a few schools. And at this point, when I did this first audition, this next audition I'm about to talk about, I auditioned for two or three drama schools, not got into any of them. So I kind of was, I was starting to feel a little bit like, hmm, is this right for me? You know, is this, am I, am I good enough for this? Everyone has those moments, don't they? Oh yeah, 100%. So, so I was kind of like, am I good enough for this? Am I right for this? So when I went to this audition, it was for a college that shall not be named. Okay. Um, but it was a foundation course and that's all they did. It was just a one year foundation course. I don't even know if this college is still in operation, but all they did at that time was just a one year foundation. And their their entire aim was to get you ready to audition for drama schools. Right. So I was like, great. Well, I know that I I need that kind of a course because I think this is the first time that I'd really heard about the the prospect of a foundation course. So I was like, that's the kind of a course that I think I'd be good for. And so I went to the audition. I had a dance audition, which was very, very, very simple. But I at that time had never really danced before. So I did this song and I think it went well. And they gave me like some good feedback on it. They were like, oh, that was good. You sounded good on that one. I was like, great. So then I did the acting audition. That was what it was. And so for those of you who have an audition for drama schools, you get your information, not on the day, but you get it via a letter. Mm-hmm. So I left the audition day and I was very, very happy with how the audition had gone. Even though I maybe hadn't done incredibly well, I kind of thought, well, the chance of me being able to get into this school is pretty good. I was, I was very confident about it. Yeah. So the next day or the day after, I was at home and I was home alone and um, the letter came in the mail and I kind of got the letter and I was holding it. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's open this letter. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's put on. So I opened the letter and I read the letter and I'll, I'll never forget it. And it says, hi, so you've been unsuccessful this time round. And they kind of was like, thank you for coming and all of this stuff. But because it was quite a small school, mm-hmm. And I don't think they auditioned too many people. The letter was personalized and it said something along the lines of, we don't professionally believe that you are correct for musical theater. We don't believe that you have the skill set to be able to pursue this as a career. Um, We would say that you would perhaps consider another career. Um, So that was the, that was the letter that I got as a, as a what I was 16 17 years old but this was a course to train you to get into drama school as well so what what are they expecting to take in for their students it's getting you ready for the industry it's getting you ready to audition for industry Mm, training I, I got the letter and I was kind of gobsmacked to kind of get it so I kind of was looking at this letter and um you know, I believe that maybe they sent it over the guys that it was constructive criticism. I'm using air quotes for those listening. But, you know, I was a 17-year-old, 16 or 17-year-old child. And these were grown adults who were sending this to a child. And so a child, teenager, very yeah, hopeful yeah, teenager. Yeah. Who, 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 you know, you've heard on this so far, my connection to this, to this art form and how much I love it. So it was very high stakes for me. And 
I remember looking at this letter and I was staring at it and I kind of didn't know how to react. I was, um, I was upset, but I also kind of felt this wave of like something come over me. And I, and I looked at the letter and I very calmly kind of walked over to the kitchen with it in my hands. And <laughs> I took it to the stove and I set it on fire. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I took it to the stove, set it on fire and then threw it in the don't try that at home by the way anyone don't do that at home guys um and just watch the letter burn i said to myself to hell with what anyone thinks i should and shouldn't be doing with my life this is my decision to make and i want to do this and this is what i'm going to do with my life and if it takes me a hundred years i'm going to do it and so that was the real that was a huge turning point for me um because then the next audition i went to was for erdang which was only a couple of weeks later and I had that fire kind of burning in my, in my soul a little bit and, and I got in. So, you know. Fantastic. So actually was, what they did was motivate you and give you determination yeah. and ambition. When you're older, you have more confidence. You yeah, know kind but of that could have doing. stopped you. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, you know, that, yeah, exactly. That could have stopped me from having the most magical, incredible, like 10 plus years of career and training that I've ever had, that, you know, I could have ever possibly have asked for. You know, my my audition at Erdang, my first one for the foundation, that didn't go brilliantly. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, I remember for the singing audition, I, I was singing entirely out of time with the pianist, but I just kept singing and I was like, I, I had that fire and I was like, no, I'm here to sing my song and I'm going to sing yeah. my song. I sang my song and I did it. And then in the dance audition, I, it was like, it was something like eight eights or something of a dance audition. I knew maybe the first day and the last day and then the, the, all the middle eights didn't have a clue. Yeah. Um, and I followed, there was someone at the front marking it, but they would mark turns and mark kicks. And so I was doing the audition, marking turn and marking kicks. Oh. Um, so, but I did the first day and the last day. And I was like, I don't know these middle eights, but I know this first day. I know this last day. Mm. I'm going to give it my everything. So I did that. And I don't know what they saw in me, but I think they saw, you know, like something. And I think ultimately that could have really stopped me. That could have derailed mm. me. That could have been the moment where I thought, cancel the rest of my auditions. I'm never going to make it. I should get a job in IT or accounting. Well, or how many people have they science. done that to as well? Yeah. How many people has that worked on? How many yeah. people got a letter similar to that and it crushed their dreams? Credit to you that you're working in the industry that somebody told you at 16, you probably need to forget about working in. So well done to you. Okay, so we're going to play a game now. We are going to play our final game, Have You Ever? So okay. I'm going to yeah. ask you a series of questions. It's not as fun as Never Have You Ever. Never Have I Ever, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who aren't watching, I've got like several shots lined up on a desk. Yeah. Ready to, <laughs> ready to just take a, a shot, shot here. Then. <laughs> we should, actually. That would be funny. Uh, um, no, I'm not drinking I'm I'm actually not going to ask you this first one because the first one is been late slash turned up on the wrong date, but you are so organised that that has never happened. Oh, oh. no, actually, I have. Oh, I have. you have. I Tell have. me more. I have actually. It was a um, it was a it was an audition for a cruise. I can't remember what cruise line it was. Um, I was bricking it. I was so nervous, so so nervous for this audition because it was like 
they told me what the audition day would be and it would be two dance rounds one dance round cut another dance round cut and then they'd need me to sing the material that they had given me but the material was just material that was so so different to me than the regular material that I go into mm -hmm. auditions with it was like Freddie Mercury kind of rock like not pop rock not musical theatre rock pure rock and roll rock like Freddie Mercury range stuff I have a good vocal range but I'm not Freddie Mercury so um, so it was a very um it was a very nerve-wracking day it was kind of one of those days was like I can prepare and prepare and prepare but there's very little that I can do to kind of mm. get myself through so um I got it and my agent sent me the audition and you know the you know the audition turnaround is usually very fast yes. the, the exception of Stardust I think Stardust was one of the most kind of um amount of notice I ever had for an audition um before in my life because I had like three weeks or something yes, between the time I knew yeah. I got it and then and then the audition day itself which was lovely and very luxurious um but uh so yeah I I got this email from my agent and I was like oh my god it's in a few days it was in like a week or so and so I remember the morning I woke up got ready for this audition and I was just like oh Isaac just do your best and it was at pineapple, I remember. And um Oh not nerve-wracking like, at all at pineapple, is it? <laughs> no, never. And I was like uh, expecting to get there. And I was like, I was expecting there to be like a big line outside, you know, the way that it is with cruise auditions, especially kind of because I think this may have been a mixed agent and open call. So I don't like I don't even know what to expect, basically. Yeah. Um, so I get there and uh, there wasn't a line, thank God. And I go inside and I, I say to the uh, to the man on the uh on the desk, I was like, hi, yeah, I'm here for this uh, cruise audition. He was like, oh, um, let me just double check what studio that's in. And he checked on his little system and he was like, oh, I can't see what studio that's in. Does it say anything on your email? But yeah, I've, I'm not sure. I think he may be quite early because I've not seen anyone else here to audition for that cruise line. There's a few cruise lines auditioning to get today. There was a bunch of stuff. So I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll step outside and I'll check my email and I'll call my agent if there's any confusion. So I went outside, checked my email, I was one month early to my audition. <laughs> one month? Yeah. It was on like the 12th of something and I came on the 12th of the month before. Oh no. So you got all psyched up and there was no audition? There was no audition that day. And then the kicker is like two weeks later, I booked Beauty and the Beast. So I had to cancel that audition anyway because I couldn't oh. do the contract. <laughs> so I had all this anxiety oh, no. surrounding it. And uh, <laughs> one month, I've never heard someone be one month too early. That's I text, amazing. I, I text my agent on the bus home and I was like, I just came to my audition one month early. <laughs> I'm going home. I'm having a, a huge Mackey's. Yes. That's kind of a post post audition thing I do is I, I treat myself with drunk food, actually. Probably shouldn't do that, but I do. Why um, not? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm going home and having a, having a huge Mackey's and um I was just like, I cannot believe I got to my audition a month early. I was so I was so embarrassed when I went outside to check my emails that I didn't go back inside to pineapple to say to the to say to the man, by the way, month early for my audition. I'll see you. I'll see you in April. He's or still waiting. He's still waiting for you. And then there was another one that Beauty and the Beast kind of interfered with because I got the call about Beauty and the Beast while I was on the tube on my way to another audition. So I went to this audition, kind of all the while secretly knowing, like, I can't I'm do not going to be able to do That's this. That's great that you still went, though, because it's important to get seen, isn't it? 
Yeah, and also at that point, it was so such early days and with Beauty and the Beast, because it was overseas, it wasn't in the UK, there were things like, you know, visas, background yeah, checks, course. medicals, all of which I was sure it was going to pass. Mm. But I was like, just in case anything was to happen, you just want to be safe in case. What a lovely dilemma to have. Be like, I'm in a job. I've got a job for another year, but I'm but going to audition. Absolute buses, because the year prior, I... I like had maybe the worst kind of I guess luck with auditions that I'd ever had before yeah it was just like it was just one of those years where it was like very difficult to Mm -hmm. it was just one of those years where I just I just wasn't what people were looking for so you know it was so strange to suddenly be like oh yeah sorry can't actually do this job I've got another job wouldn't that be nice to be in that situation now um have you ever been shocked that you were called in for a show um I don't, oh god i don't know there's, there's there's definitely been shows where i think maybe i'm not the skill set they're looking for but mm-hmm. like i said earlier i mean i do just kind of go there and say this is what i do this is what i bring here i am see if i fit, see if i fit yeah. if i don't that's fine so i've been shocked that i've been in for things maybe more shocked about when I started going in for things that I've always wanted to be in for, mm. but hadn't been in for since graduating, it took me a good couple of years to get in for like some big shows that I've always wanted to be in. And, you know, that was a little bit of a shock, but a good shock, you know, it was a good thing like, oh, this casting director now has enough faith in me to to see me for this project and, and you know, how lovely. And that's the kind of shock. I've never been in a position of like, oh gosh, I'm in for this show. And uh, like, why are they calling me in? Because I guess that's not my job to criticise their decision. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Have you ever auditioned for a role and not got it, but still been cast in the show? Um, you know, it's funny. I wanted to say Stardust for a second because I think my first round, I read sides for... Delante. <laughs> Delante. <laughs> I, think um, I think I read for Amar. Robbie's yes. character, Amar. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, I think I read for that for the first audition, but I think they always kind of had Seth in mind for me. And then eventually I kind of obviously did the auditions and then did an extra audition on top of like the, all the auditions and then got Seth. But actually, no, there's been, there's been, there's been auditions when I've maybe gone in and they've recalled me for maybe two separate parts. Mm-hmm. But then over the course of the audition recalls, one of those parts just kind of naturally kind of drops off. They think, oh, maybe he's more suited for this or yeah. maybe someone else came in as like just perfect for this part. I was going to say the name of the part, but I probably shouldn't do that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, things like that have happened. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's the same thing. You know, go in, be you, bring what you bring to the party and they'll place you where they can place you. Fab. And have you ever sacrificed something important to be at an audition? No. But that is actually because when I was younger, mm. when I was when I was about 16 or 17 again, all the things happened when I was a teenager. Teenage <laughs> me had it rough. Um, That's the uh, age we need to focus on for the musical. It's that era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I was a teenager, I actually missed my brother's engagement party for a rehearsal. And that was because I was in a show and mm-hmm. the director, she was nice, but she had a very... She, she had a mean streak to her sometimes. Yeah. And um, I told her, I was like, I need to take this Saturday off because of my brother's engagement. And I told her weeks in advance. And she said, you know, absolutely not. You can't take it off. We need commitment for everyone. 
we were actually thinking of giving you a role this year, but we need to know you're committed. We need to see that you want to be here, spouting off all that, you know, bullshit. But anyway, so... Um, a little bit manipulative. Yeah. We were, we're going to give you a role, but we're not now. When were you going to tell me that then, Han? Yeah, yeah. Where, where's my contract? Um, <laughs> and so she said all of that stuff. And I, as a young teenager who wanted this so badly, really took that to heart. So I, you know, I discussed with my brother and I said to him, I was like, would you be okay if I did miss your engagement? And though he was upset, he was like, I understand, you know, there's something you really want to do. And he kind of said, it's fine in a way. And then also, you know, I spoke to my parents. They were like, yeah, but we understand you need to do what you need to do. And this is a big opportunity for you and, you know, whatever. And then I remember the day I went to rehearsals where my entire family went that morning, you know, to my brother's engagement party. And I didn't. And I instead went to rehearsals. And there were people that day who didn't come to rehearsals. There were people that day who had taken that day of rehearsals off. Oh, how annoying for you. And also she kind of saw me that day. She was like, oh, it's nice to see you today. Thank you for coming in. That was the only acknowledgement I got for the sacrifice I had made. And Mm. she didn't give me a part. She forgot she offered to give me a part. Said they don't think there's a part that's right for me. You know, all of this stuff. I was was devastated because Mm. this was a life event that I had missed. A once in a lifetime I had missed. So... I that taught me a lot of things it it taught me that no matter how much you love what you do life comes first your life comes first all the time it also taught me you know unless you have something in writing that is signed you do not put your life on hold for anything once your name is on the dotted line then you can do what you want to do and I was 17 years old and if I knew what I knew then me at 17 would have said excuse me where is my contract because there was no contract no deal (laughs) yeah definitely definitely great advice and finally have you ever auditioned for your dream role yeah many times many many times yeah it's it's one of the oh it's just one of those times where I kind of yeah I just love what I do so much because I think you know one particular musical I don't know if I should name these musicals at all but one particular musical that I love first musical Mm. I ever watched in person was in for the lead for that been in for a few for that a few times actually and um every time I get to do that material do the scene do the song work with the team you know it's a little you get a little bit of a chill up your spine just being like wow you know I'm here and I'm doing this Mm. and it's so lovely to know you know not only are you there and doing this but you got there from the place you you started Mm. also for for another musical I auditioned on the stage doesn't happen very often yeah but for this particular musical I auditioned on the stage one of them I've seen that musical once when I was 15 and then re-watched it again two days before my audition because I was like I kind of need a refresher on it Mm. and I was singing on stage and I kind of looked up while I was singing to where I was sat two days prior oh my gosh how lovely I kind of then I shifted my eyes down to like the dress circle I looked to where I was sat 10 years prior and I was like and now I'm standing here audition or not it was just one of those moments So before we go, I'd love to have some Isaac Sidhu advice, please. Okay. You've given us some amazing advice so far. Um, I think it's really, really important about saying, you know, your life comes first, Mm. but also about the whole audition experience and taking it for what it is. And you are just going into a room and performing to humans. Have you got like a piece of advice that you wish you'd known when you were younger or something that you could pass on before we go? 
a few things. I would say always stand strong in your convictions, always stand strong in what you bring to the table, always, always important. I would say find the similarities between you and the character, no matter how different you and a character may be as people, as people with a set of morals, Mm. they could be completely different, but find the similarities between you and that character and find yourself in there. Know you've earned the right to be there. Know that it's okay to have fun in the room. Know that that's all right. Mm. And yeah, I would say prepare for your audition like an actual performance. Yeah, a lot of people say auditions are like a mini performance. I kind of thought, oh yeah, that's good advice. But I never really took that to mean what it meant because never would I ever go into an audition and say, well, I know the words and I know the general emotion um, so I can wing the rest. Yeah, that's not the way it is. So when you're auditioning, you're your own director, you're your own musical director, you're your own creative team for that audition. So go in, know what you're going to do with the song, know where you're going to take it, know, know some blocking. I mean, it never hurts, does it? Bring a polished performance to the audition room and it just kind of elevates what you're about to do. And also, finally never take this career for granted. Never take this career for granted at all. So many people fell at the first hurdle and never got up. If you're doing this, you got up. You made it. Enjoy that. No matter how far along in this career you are, if you're auditioning for drama schools, then so many people never make it to that point. Mm -hmm. If you're auditioning for agents, so many people never make it to that point. If you're auditioning for small theatres, big theatres, West End, World Tour, Broadway, blockbuster movies, mm. so many people never make it to those points. Yeah. No fault of their own, but you are lucky enough to be there. Enjoy it. This is the time. You know, I always think like when I'm 80 and I'm looking back on my life, I want to have some good stories to tell. I want to look back at those moments in my life and be proud that I did it. So never take it for granted. Never, never, never. Thank you so much, Isaac. Thank you for sharing your stories with us today. And I feel I feel very I feel very motivated by you. And I also just want to give you a big hug because you've shared some really <laughs> like sensitive moments. And I'm gonna imagine burning any unsolicited opinions and take that constructive yeah. feedback. So thank you so if much. Ever says anything mean, if someone ever says anything mean to you, write it on a piece of paper and burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, this d- disclaimer: I'm not I'm not responsible for any fires that may start. Um, <laughs> uh, Isaac, please could you sign us off today with just saying the tagline? Thanks. That's all for today. I'm always, I'm in the I'm in the intro, aren't I? You are. You are. I'll just copy and paste. Copy and paste. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you sent me the request to do the intro. I was like, this is the most acting work I've had in like two months because of the <laughs> pandemic. So uh, I'm going to take this and run with it. I gave you like Put four it on your spotlight. Put it on I, your spotlight. I gave, you, I gave you takes. I gave you, you four different takes. I had intentions <laughs> and all sorts. He was his oh, own really? director and own musical director in that moment. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> musical director. Mm, bit flat on that thanks a bit. Um, <laughs> right, here we go. Thanks. That's all for today. Oh, what a star. Thank you so much. Thank you, Isaac. Thank <laughs> you.